Hi, I'm Blake, and you're about to get jumped. Welcome to a special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, the weekly anime podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to, but you should still totally watch the anime. This week I am flying solo once again, and we are going to be diving into a subject regarding manga versus American comics, specifically looking at shonen manga and superhero comics, and I'll talk a little bit about their adaptations such as anime, television shows, and movies as well. So, let's jump in. are it's another week and my how things have changed um i hope everybody's doing good out there doing doing well i guess doing good and doing well for different reasons and in different ways um obviously this week we don't have spencer with us he had some prior commitments and so uh hopefully we'll be back to our regular schedule next week and it's been a kind of a weird couple of weeks for you guys obviously the week previous to this one, I believe we did a re-release of one of our interviews from Anime Central. Um, and that was because uh, my husband, Pete, and I were on our honeymoon. Uh, we went to San Juan, Puerto Rico. It was really cool. We uh, left right before the military canceled all leave requests. So we just barely made it out of the trip before we would have had to cancel it. And our last night in Puerto Rico, the governor put a curfew on... Uh, everybody being out past nine. So uh, we were perfectly happy to go hang out in the room and just chill because we'd been there for a week and we were tired and looking forward to going home. But uh, we basically just barely missed all of the kind of restrictions of the coronavirus. But now we are in a brand new, really weird age where many things are missing in supermarkets and the streets are not nearly as packed as they usually are and people are staying at home and working from home and just kind of stuck indoors and it's weird um it's kind of cool for me because i'm a homebody and so i like being at home anyways and now i uh i have an excuse not to do anything which i like but uh obviously <laughs> it's a weird situation and i'm looking forward to normalcy or resuming um, we did also talk about the coronavirus on our last recorded episode um, before the re-release. And so reiterating a few of the things that we said there. Number one, don't panic. Panic doesn't help. Number two, be wary, but don't blow it out of proportion because that is akin to and leading up to panicking. And number three, if you are having questions, check out the websites of places like the CDC and the WHO, these are organizations that are uh, providing unbiased scientific information. It's good to check the news as well if you're a news person, but um, a lot of the news around this has been kind of sensational because that's how the news works. They talk about what is really not working and they talk about it in ways that grab your attention. So I would say for something like the coronavirus that's moving very quickly, the best thing to do is to consult a source whose job is not to get your attention. Um, so the news is a good supplement, but make sure you're basing all of your information off of those kind of scientific sources. And I'll note if you're in America, I know a lot of states are setting up health websites as well or putting that information on their health website. So that's another good uh, 
good uh, resource that you can look to to get um, some unbiased, uh, unsensationalized scientific information about what is happening and what you can do about it. Um, And if you do look to the news, please always remind yourself that part of the news is getting people's attention and selling the news. Uh, And because of that, they tell stories. They don't always, you know, I mean, I'm not I am not an anti news person. I really like the news, but it's just important to note in this kind of a situation that the news is trying to tell you a story based on the facts and this Places like the CDC are trying to tell you the facts. They don't need to tell you a story. They just need to tell you what is happening and what you can do about it. And in a situation like a pandemic, like the coronavirus, it's important to keep in mind that the story can be helpful, but it can also be hurtful and can lead people to blowing things out of proportion or misinterpreting the facts when they are couched inside of dire predictions and and sort of suggestive language. So I would encourage everybody out there to... Check out those sources and use the news in a way that's very conscious. If you are a news person, just keep reminding yourself that this is good information. It's up-to-date information, but it is presented in such a way that it can lead you to getting a little bit of that panicky feeling more than feeling informed, um, or at least not just informed. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, Anyway, so that's out of the way. So this week, we're going to be doing another special episode. So that means, again, we are not on our um, regularly scheduled coverage just yet. So hopefully we'll be back to that really soon. Um, And in our batch of ideas of things, uh, one of the suggestions that Spencer lobbed my way, I really liked, which was to discuss manga versus comics. Um, So specifically, uh, as I said in the intro, we're going to be looking at shonen manga because our show has a focus on shonen anime. Um, we are also going to be looking at superhero comics because um, I have a decent exposure to superhero comics. Um, and then I'm going to go a little bit into the adaptations of them, into the process of ad- adaptation and stuff like that. So this episode is going to be a lot of like, what is it? So if you already know what manga is, I'm going to talk about that in a way that is a little basic. So sorry about that. And sorry, I don't have Spencer here to riff with to make it a little more interesting than maybe I am on my own. Um, but I'm, I'm going to kind of talk about these things and just try to define my terms so that we're all, everybody knows what I am saying. And, um, that, uh, that will be accompanied by me kind of discussing what I know about the creative process of these different mediums and how we sort of approach things differently. Um, so in general, Manga is, you can, for those of us in the West, you can short shorthand it as Japanese comic books. But uh, if you've read manga and you have read Western comics, you'll note that they are very rarely similar. Um, obviously, there's lots of similarities in the sort of medium of drawing pictures that are intended to convey movement and time and action um, using those static images. But uh, beyond that, there are major differences. Uh, One big difference is that most manga is released in a black and white format. So it is um, it's just uh, shading with black ink 
Uh, rarely are they colored, and when you do get colored pages from a manga, they tend to be a couple of pages out of an overall chapter of manga versus the entire chapter being colored and certainly not a recurring um, colored chapter. That's the most common thing, and you'll note, um, you know, the biggest manga magazine is called Shonen Jump, which again is where we got our name for our podcast, and that is the traditional format of that. They they do have, obviously, um, colored versions of the characters and images and stuff like that on the covers, but um, the actual manga pages inside that, uh, they are not colored. There are some big series. Um, I believe Dragon Ball has done this, and I believe One Piece has done this, and probably a couple others, where you can get um, colored versions of the manga. So those are officially um, re-released versions of the manga chapters that have been, uh, in a way, remastered so that they are colored instead of being black and white. That's the thing that has happened with some series. But you'll note Dragon Ball and One Piece are two of the biggest shonen series ever so you you pretty much you're, you're not going to get that even from like very popular but still smaller series like haikyuu that's not going to be something that comes out oh, now watch there be egg on my face and have that be true for haikyuu but um you know you're not going to get that for tegami bachi which is a good manga that like nobody has read um it just it doesn't happen for the most part um uh, let's contrast that with with um, american comic books and again i am specifically focused on superhero comic books um, and my particular exposure is mostly to Marvel superheroes, um, although I do have some uh, exposure to Image and some exposure to DC and uh, also have read um, some of the Power Rangers run, uh, the recent um, Kyle Higgins run from uh, Boom Studios, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and uh, the Companion series, who I don't know the author's name off the top of my head, but the Go-Go Power Rangers were the first two volumes of that. So um a little bit of context there. Those are fully colored um, as a general rule. They are rarely presented without being colored. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of American comics that buck this tradition in the way that there's probably some manga that does. But in general, the standard and the expectation is that they are colored. Um, there's also a release date difference. Most manga, and again, particularly focusing on shonen manga and using Shonen Jump as an example, most manga releases on a weekly schedule. So the um, creative team will churn out about 18 pages of art and story every week. Um, contrast that with American comic books, which in general are known to have a monthly release structure. Um, and those I think have around 22 pages. This I'm not hundred percent sure because much of my recent comic book reading has been reading old issues in the sixties and seventies on Marvel unlimited. So in those, they have numbered pages and they go up to page 20 and then they're done. And I think that has changed in the modern era. I think it's more like 22, maybe even 24. Uh, but that's the the sort of standard length. So there's a slight length difference, but there's a real difference in production time. And those things change. But in general, in Japan, manga releases once a week with those chapters. And that does not alter very frequently. Uh, most series will run on that schedule and they will just run until they're done. Um, that's a big difference from American comic books, because uh, if you know uh, superhero comic books, especially those from uh, Marvel and DC. While in the past they have had long runs, that has become a little bit of an outdated model, uh, much to my chagrin as somebody who loves a long run 
and doesn't like to have to keep tracking down number ones of a new series. Uh, I wish that they would do more long runs like they did with the Claremont run on X-Men. But uh, in American comic books, it is pretty common for a series to run six to 18 issues and then for it to end and then for them to come out with some new series that has a similar title and a similar gimmick. So you'll have your big uh, like your big Marvel characters and teams like Spider-Man and the Avengers and the X-Men and stuff like that. They will uh, often have one or a few books running at once. So I know with the X-Men, it's pretty common to have X-Men, X-Force. Maybe you might have two different X-Men teams that are denoted by, you know, one of them will be Uncanny X-Men and one of them will just be X-Men or something like that. Um, And often you'll have some offshoot like Generation X or Excalibur running at the same time as well. And so these are all kind of X-Men. Well, I was going to say X-Men Universe, the Marvel Universe, is it's all one big thing. But there's also kind of corners of it where the X-Men and mutants and stuff like that usually kind of play in their own sandbox and they they share the world with spider-man and the avengers and all that but they don't always cross over um, they can but usually their stories are somewhat separate unless there's a really big earth-shattering thing going on so um a lot of those will have those titles run for a couple issues and then they will uh they'll be done and They will come to a close and then they will have some new series that takes their place or they will have a relaunch. Um, This also nowadays corresponds to another big difference between Western comic books and manga, which is creative teams. So in Western comic books, you will you'll have a creative team um, that consists of an uh, an author. Somebody is writing the story, which is creating a script of what is happening in the story as well as the dialogue. You'll also have an artist. And of course, sometimes you'll have multiple authors or multiple artists working on things. Um, and so the, the generally the author will provide a script. The artist will draw it. They will um, in some way collaborate to make sure that everything is good and how they want it, make adjustments as needed. Um, there's also a, a lot of the time there's an artist who draws the comic and then there's an inker. And so this is the kind of person who takes those drawings and then uh, sort of takes it from a more sketchy format into a completed look. And so they, they kind of fill in the lines around your Superman and your Batman and stuff like that. And um, instead of having it be a sketchy pencil, they will uh, take pen to paper and make it inked in. Um, And the inker can actually have a really huge uh, impact on the artwork. So um, different inkers have different styles. They might be doing heavier lines or um, more or less detail. So sometimes you'll have the same artist, but the art will look different because it depends on the inker. Um, Then you also have somebody doing the lettering. Um, You'll also often have somebody doing uh, color. And so the color of the comic is generally... Uh, not well it, these jobs can cross over so you can have this you know have the same person doing the art and the color but not the inking and the lettering and um, you can have somebody that's jack of all trades but in general in in the big marvel dc kind of superhero universe you're going to have different people doing these things and, and part of that is that some of these people are doing it for multiple books at once and part of it is that it's just it's a heavy workload it's a lot of stuff um, and it can be a real challenge to get those books out um, once a month. Uh, that said, manga 
is when you when you acknowledge that Western comic books are a challenge to create and you have this like large team of people and that doesn't include editors and all this stuff like that. Um, then you you get into the manga world and that is again generally where a creator is releasing one chapter of their work a week and that's an 18 page chapter um now american comic books they're a little bit larger than the average manga page and so um you might be able to get a little bit more onto a single page and you have more real estate to play with in american comic books in addition to a couple more pages but again um, they're putting one of those out a, a month. Generally, sometimes they'll they'll do more uh, more per month if they're having big. I, I know there was like a big X Men event where they did like one a week, but they also had a rotating creative team. So it was like four different authors and four different artists all working in conjunction. So they were kind of each creator was more or less putting out that kind of one a month workload. Then you look at at manga creators and there's a huge difference. So one, obviously they're not doing the coloring. So that's not a job that exists, but manga creators are generally creating 18 pages of comic content a week. And most manga are created by a single person. So um, like, let's take bleach. For example, that is created by Tite Kubo and Tite Kubo does the art and does the plot and writes the dialogue. Everything is done by Tite Kubo. Um, now, it, it's something that I don't know a ton about, but I have inferred about is that uh, it's not uncommon. Um, in fact, I think it is standard practice for manga creators to have a few assistants. Um, I know, like I've been reading My Hero Academia recently, and they uh, they do shout outs to the assistants at the end of each um, collected volume of My Hero Academia. Um, and so it's also pretty common when you hear about manga creators, like where they came from and where they got these, their start, they'll talk about different creators that they apprenticed for and worked as assistant assistants for. So, yeah, uh, they, the people creating the manga are not doing it completely on their own. And it's absolutely true that the assistants are going to assist with things like, um, doing the inking and filling in the black, you know, uh, when you have a big, um, section of, uh, of dark color on the page and you need to fill that in, the assistants will help with that. But in general, um, they're going to be picking up um, and helping to sort of like smooth the edges around the manga chapter. But the content of these stories, both the the plot content and the artistry of them is going to be almost solely on the shoulders of one person. Um, it is far less common but not unheard of to have a a um a writer and an artist team and so in those scenarios you'll have somebody writing the plot of the manga and somebody else doing the art for it uh that happens uh not not infrequently again but it is definitely not the normal um user case of these kinds of things so um that can happen in the manga world and that is a little bit more um, in line with that sort of Western sensibility of comics creation, but um, it's not nearly as common as the one creator for the whole thing model. And uh, I would say too, that you don't really, I don't really notice a demonstrable difference in the quality of the writing or the artwork um, in 
stories where they break it up between two people versus in the traditional, you know, most common manga version where it's just the one person doing that. And I will say also that that's not to say that the quality is low. The quality is very high. And I would say remarkably so given that workload and that stress. Um, and another thing, uh, like I mentioned for Western comics, it's, it is not uncommon for a series to end and then restart. And that ending and restarting often in the modern era corresponds with a uh, new creative team. So, you know, if you've got our author A and artist B working on a series, they might do a run of 12 issues. It's about a year's worth of comics. And then they reach the end and their book is canceled. And then, you know, two months later, another book with the same or a similar name and a similar premise, but maybe not quite the same cast comes along. And uh, it relaunches, but now you have author C and artist D. And so um, there is something of a revolving door there. Um, But it's also pretty common for um, the big name creators in like Marvel and DC. Uh, If you're if you're one of their big authors, um, it's not it's not atypical for you to be writing two, three, four Uh, different series all at once. And so um, you might be really churning things out um, from that perspective uh, on multiple fronts. And that is very unheard of in the manga world. Generally speaking, once you have one successful series, you devote all of your time to it and you don't really have time for anything else. Um, So that's a big difference too. If you really like a manga creator's work and they are doing the thing that you like right now, then you're not going to be able to find anything else that they've done except in their backlog because they are doing that one thing right now. Like if you love My Hero Academia, that's great. But the creator of My Hero Academia is doing that and you can't go read the other manga that he's releasing right now because it's not a thing. They don't have time for that because their production schedule is different. Um, and like I said, the Western comic books, they'll, they will cancel, they'll re-release and there is a sort of Um, At least, especially looking at like the Marvel and DC universe, this is not necessarily true for the smaller companies with superhero properties that aren't quite as popular and ubiquitous as things like Batman and Spider-Man. But for Batman and Spider-Man, they've been around for a long time. Spider-Man came about in the 60s, the early 60s, and Batman was, I think, the 40s. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but uh, they are still around. And yeah, they've changed a lot, but their core premise is the same. Spider-Man is usually a sort of down-on-his-luck loner. I know there was a a big run where he was like a very successful tech guy, and I'm not caught up on Spider-Man, so sorry if you're a huge Spider-Man fan and I'm super off-base. But in general, these characters have a certain staticness to them. Captain America, Steve Rogers, is um, an upstanding guy, and he... uh, fights for the ideals that America stands for. And Spider-Man is uh, a dude who swings around on webs and has some bad luck and has a lot of personal problems. And the X-Men are characters that often face um, different prejudice and discrimination and stuff like that. And they, they have um, zones that they play in and um, American superheroes. If you kind of, if you stick with them, Long enough, you'll start to understand that this is a type of, you know, cyclical soap opera storytelling where the point is to sort of enjoy these stories and experience minor bits of tentative temporary growth rather than 
characters changing in major ways over time. And, and obviously I know that there are characters who have changed in major ways over time, and even some of these big-named characters have real differences from when they started out. Um, a lot of those differences can be tacked up to the different ways that we write stories in different time periods, but um, there's certainly things that these characters have developed as recurring bits of their personality or their power set that weren't necessarily with them from the beginning. However, um, we all know there's something called the revolving door of death, which is a really common idea in superhero comics, which is that if the character dies, there's a good chance they'll come back in the future um, if they are a big name character that has any popularity behind them, because death, it's really interesting. It gets people talking. It gets people to sell books. Returning from death is also really interesting. People want to know why they're excited to see their character that they like come back. Um, and again, these characters and these books are kind of playing in a space where there is no overarching story that will end. There are micro stories, but the larger story of these characters' lives and the universe in which they live is an ongoing, perpetually changing, uh, but also sort of perpetually adjusting to stay in more or less the same place universe. That is really different from manga. Manga is, generally speaking, a single story told from start to finish. And so you take something like Naruto, which uh, ran for a really long time, was super popular, and um, you compare Naruto to a character like Spider-Man, and when big things happen, when characters die, when... Major changes take place in a character's personality or in the way that their world is set up. Those changes tend not to be rewritten. Um, and if they are sort of rewritten or reset, it be, it's because the character has these huge Herculean acts that are part, part of their story. The story is about um, a character trying to set things right. Um, you can have those stories in Western comic books, but they sort of return to a status quo out of a version of necessity rather than out of that kind of plot element because they're telling a story in a different way. Uh, they're trying to tell a recurring ongoing story that has, in a way, no end, whereas manga are trying to tell a complete story from beginning to end. And there's a difference there. You get character arcs, you get things that can change because... If you want to blow up the Leaf Village, then, yeah, they might rebuild it, but um, that becomes a part of that character's story instead of just a big event to sell comics that we need to, you know, write ourselves out of later so that we can get back to a status quo. Um, I hope that makes sense, and I hope I'm not sounding condescending to one or the other because I really do enjoy both mediums a lot and in different ways and for different reasons. Um, this is kind of why I wanted to do this. Um, okay, so we've talked about the different ways that these are created. Uh, in general, manga is created by one person in a one-chapter-a-week format. They release one chapter a week from the beginning of the story until either they are finished telling the story or the story is canceled. And then they might move on to make something else, but they kind of devote their entire uh, energy to creating that thing in the meantime. Uh, by contrast, Western comics, particularly superhero comics, um, creators tend to have their uh, fingers in a few different pies, especially writers are able to write more than one um, title at once. They can even write for different companies. So you might have 
your favorite writer is writing an X-Men series while also working on a Batman series and stuff like that. So you can have those writers doing different things. You can have those artists creating different um, chapters and uh, comic books in the Western media tend to be the work of a lot of people coming together and coalescing into the final product. Um, whereas manga tends to be a little bit more of a solitary personal battle. And uh, Western comics usually come out once every month, uh, and they will have shorter runs that kind of intertwine with each other and um, piggyback off of each other and stuff like that. And they are, in general, telling distinct stories that have beginnings and end, but the overarching story, the you know, maybe... The X-Men are facing off against Mr. Sinister and trying to figure out what he's up to and how to stop him. And that has a beginning. And then they go through the process of learning more about him and his plans and then coming to a confrontation and finally defeating him. And then they move on to the next thing. And maybe Mr. Sinister is still out there. And even if he's killed, he might come back. And so there's the, that kind of cyclical nature with superhero comics where there's the idea of them coming to some sort of full completion is um, is kind of out there because that's just not how they work. Now, obviously, each of these things gets adapted. Um, we have um, manga, which gets adapted into anime. And we also have our um, superhero comics, which, as everybody in the West knows, get adapted into big-budget movies, but also into TV series. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit less about the creation of these things um, and a little bit more about the um, philosophy behind what you're trying to do in these things. Um, so first, I want to talk about anime. When you have a manga that gets turned into an anime, you are generally doing a nearly shot-for-shot remake. That is weird. And I didn't really think about how weird that was until recently. But generally speaking, when you, if you're in the West and you like, I really like this book, I really like this comic, I really like this TV show, I think it should be a movie. Or I really like this movie, I think it should be a TV show. Um, if you're trying to adapt something, um, there is an adaptational process, and some of that is dictated by the format. Uh, TV shows don't work the same as movies. They have ongoing stories that are told over usually a half hour or an hour time slot for X amount of episodes in a season, and maybe they're being written to be multiple seasons. Um, whereas movies, even if you're doing something like the MCU and you're writing it to be multiple movies that connect together, um, they are much more self-contained. They have much less time than the average television show to tell their story. Um, so they're a lot tighter, a lot more focused plots. Um, and because of that, it works differently than a novel. And it works differently than a comic book series. Each of the formats, both the way that they're created uh, and the amount of space that they have to tell the stories that they're creating, they're, they are wildly different from one format to the other. And so there will be huge changes. You know, if you look at Old Man Logan, the comic book, you get a really interesting story told over six or so issues of comics. So you get like a hundred page story about an old, older Logan who is um, on, a, on a quest across America to um, get some revenge. And then if you look at the movie Logan, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of, 
corollaries between that story, and obviously Logan is based on a lot of different things, but Old Man Logan is one of them. Um, but it's totally different, and partly it's totally different because it's Hugh Jackman, and partly it's totally different because it's live action, and you can't do the same things in live action that you can do by drawing a picture on a page. And partly it's because it's being told in, uh, you know, five or six 20 or so page issues versus one, you know, 90 to 180 minutes of movie. Um, those are different. They have different needs. And um, so you get adaptations and people often like to debate what's good and what's bad about the way that something was adapted. You don't hear that as much in manga and anime because anime is trying not to retell the story for a new medium. It is trying to retell the story completely in a new medium so instead of saying let's take this spider-man run and turn it into a 12 episode 30 minutes an episode show we are turning this ongoing weekly manga into an ongoing weekly anime Um, that creates the problem of filler that we've discussed on the show so i'll get to that in a second but in general you're going to look at an anime and look at a manga and there will be little creative choices and little tweaks here and there to what happens in the story. But in general, the big medium and even small beats are going to match one to the other. So whatever happened in the manga, the anime is just an, a colored in moving version of that. There is very little that's been altered. And in particular, the story is not going to be different. The big thing that anime has that manga often does not have is filler, and that is a problem that the anime industry just kind of runs into because of the way they do things. A lot of anime have been released in one-episode-a-week format, just like the manga, but uh, unfortunately, a 25-minute episode of anime covers usually two to four chapters of manga. So if you're releasing one a week, For both, you are going to catch up real quick to a manga, even if that manga has been going for a few years. So you have things like the infamous Dragon Ball Z power-up sequences that take, you know, the better part of an episode and really nothing happens and they're really dragging it out and it feels like it. And that's because they are, because they're trying not to catch up as fast. You'll also have the infamous filler arcs from things like Naruto and Bleach, where you get entire unique to the anime storylines and they can be fun. But generally speaking, they're nowhere near as good as the actual story that's being adapted from the manga because the show is, in a way, spinning its wheels. It's taking some characters and it is going on a an adventure which, by its very nature, cannot have a major impact on the overall plot, cannot have a major character uh, impact on the overall characterization of these people or what they can do and has to deposit them back in the same spot where they started, in the same condition where they started. So filler arcs have a lot of constraints that make them not work very well in the ways that, like, you know, a dramatic story, we want the characters to go through something that matters. And filler arcs, kind of by their very nature, can't matter that much because they are not part of the manga, and we are going to continue to adapt the manga. There are some exceptions to this rule. For example, Full Metal Alchemist very well known for adapting the manga up to two-thirds, halfway, one-third, somewhere around there. They caught up to the manga, and then they just told the rest of the story in the way that they wanted to. It doesn't have to do with the manga. It's anime only. 
um, people like it or don't, but it's a totally different story. And that's happened in a few uh, in a few different series, but Fullmetal Alchemist is one of the most famous because they also got Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, which was a new manga that also retold the story, but of the anime this time, because this time the anime was finished and they wanted to do it over again. So uh, you have two distinct uh, anime adaptations, and you'll see the original Fullmetal Alchemist is arguably better at adapting the early uh, manga chapters because that's what they were doing, and then they veer off on their own, whereas Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood doesn't adapt them quite as much because it's already happened, and they figure most of the people watching this are going to pick up what we're putting down and have already seen those episodes from the original anyway or read the chapters in the manga, so we're not going to spend too much time on them. We're just going to kind of do the Cliff Notes versions and then move on with the stuff that wasn't included in the original anime series that we're going to adapt this time. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff about how anime can do its own thing and adapt original ideas and stories in the anime format, but those are all sort of measures that are taken to account for the fact that they are trying overall to adapt the manga directly. And so you'll you'll get some of those shows like Full Metal Alchemist that will do their own thing. You'll also absolutely get shows like Cowboy Bebop that are anime first and they're not adapting anything. They're just telling an anime story and maybe there will be a manga later or something that they inspire additional media. But like Cowboy Bebop came first. Um, that is not... That is not an adaptation of a manga. It is just its own thing. And um, that's actually pretty rare in the anime world as well. So you'll get those anime series that are ongoing storylines telling the ongoing story of the manga and trying to tell it pretty much as close to the same storyline and the same way that it's told as the manga itself. Um, And other than filler efforts, those are going to be pretty one-to-one recreations of each other. That is super different than the way we do things in America Um, or in the West, I guess, because, you know, there's other English-speaking creation creation, uh, efforts and um, you get things like the adaptation of The Defenders, which um, manifested in a couple of different single hero named series on Netflix and also a Defender series on Netflix. And so you have, you know, five, six different series all tied together semi-loosely in an ongoing format of, you know, about 13 hours a piece or so. Um, And they are more or less telling a single long form story over a 13-hour sec- segment. So Daredevil Season 1 tells basically a single complete story arc about Daredevil versus the Kingpin. And Jessica Jones tells a single complete story arc about her versus the Purple Man and trying to figure each other out and confront one another and come to some sort of conclusion. And each season of these different shows comes at a different point in continuity in the overall overlapping continuity of those series, but they also are each telling their own unique self-contained stories. And importantly, if you try to tie those stories back to the comics, you absolutely can, but you cannot tie them one for one. There may be lines that have been lifted from the comics. There may be even shots or scenes that have been lifted from the comics, 
But in general, these things are adapting this rather than retelling it. Um, and you're going to have that with the movies. You'll, you'll have that with TV shows. Even the, like the X-Men cartoon of the 90s was a big hit. And it was particularly notable because it, uh, a lot of X-Men fans that have been reading the comics for many years loved seeing these big hit stories from the comics being adapted to the screen. And they were done in a really uh, pretty well done format for um, for a you know 30 minute time block animated children's cartoon. They did a pretty good job of adapting these stories from different eras of the X-Men. But one important thing to note is that the X-Men cartoon has eight or so characters that are on the main team. And those are the characters, whereas the X-Men comics at that point in the 90s had been running for 35, 40 years and had had numerous different teammates who don't appear prominently or at all in the animated series who played major roles in some of the storylines that they adapted. And so what they did was they figured, okay, well, we don't have Kitty Pride. Who can take her place in the story? And how do we need to adjust that story so that it makes sense with this character in it? Or so that the things that Kitty Pride did in the original story, we can have them do something else or do the same thing, but using their own unique abilities and all that stuff. So you see what I'm saying, which is that um, there's a huge difference in the sort of creation um, idea, the philosophy behind what are we trying to do? Um, and I think, ironically, a lot of Western fans want Western media to function a little bit more like anime does to manga, which is when you're adapting um my favorite story from the X-Men. I want to see exactly those characters doing and saying those exact same things, but I just want to see them as performed by live action actors and in a movie format. And then you can get people that get really frustrated that they didn't get to see X or Y that they were really hoping to see. And that's just not what they're trying to do. They're trying to tell the same kind of story. They're trying to tell a story that was inspired by that thing that you like, but they're not trying to retell that thing that you like. And ironically, if you are into that, uh, manga and anime are a really good place to live because if you super love that one fight from Bleach, but you wish you could see it moving, you can. Well, <laughs> you kind of can. <laughs> it didn't animate the whole thing, but maybe bad example. If you love that ex that fight from Naruto... Um, you can just go watch the anime episodes where they do that fight and it's going to be pretty much the exact same fight. There might be a few extra moves. There might be one or two moves that are done differently in one versus the other, but in general, it will have all of the exact same beats. And instead of being done in comics form, it'll be done in anime form or vice versa. If you watch My Hero Academia and you love it and you're like, man, I would love to read this. You can go read the manga. It will be the exact same story. Um, and there will be almost no difference from one to the other, other than the differences that uh, an animated television show has with a series of still pictures. Um, but if you're looking for a different story, you're not going to find that as much in manga and anime. And that can be a really great thing. If you're the kind of person who just loves to relive these things and putting them in a different format makes them feel fresh and new while still hitting those beats that you loved and getting you excited for that thing that you thought was really cool in the anime and now you get to read in the manga, this is a great opportunity for you to uh, experience those things. And you're generally going, for, for the average anime and the average manga, you're going to get the same story 
told over and over again. Um, and that can be really thrilling. And then if you want something new, you can look at the anime movies because those tend to be anime only. They tend to be a little extra canonical, which means that they are not required viewing and they don't always even necessarily have to fit within the the canon of the series that they come from. I like one of my best, best examples is there's a Digimon movie from the, the fourth season, Digimon Frontier, where if you try to place it within the series canon and figure out like, okay, what episode takes place before this movie and then what episode takes place after it, you kind of can't because the characters have an item with them that they get during the series and they exhibit powers that they get during the series. And those things take place at different points and they don't correspond. Something happens to the item before they get those powers. And so they can't have both at once, but they do in the movie. And that's because the movie is for you to just go and have some more fun with this thing and not take it too seriously. Whereas the anime is a direct adaptation. And Digimon's not a good example of that because it tends not to have manga adaptations um, that are the, the anime is, is unique, but you get the point that I'm saying is that if you want, um, if you read the manga and you're like, I, I wish I could see this, but moving, watch the anime and you'll, will you will get that thing. You might get some extra stuff with filler and that is anime trying to do, uh, what they can to keep their production schedule without ruining the fidelity of the story. You will sometimes get things like the Full Metal Alchemist anime where they do change up the story. And if you want an, a manga adaptation, you either have to, in rare occasions, get lucky and get Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood or just enjoy them as two separate things. That is pretty rare in uh, Japanese media, but it does happen. Um, but if you if you like that idea of like seeing the thing translated perfectly, then ma- manga and anime is the place where you want to live. That is really different from Western media. If you want to read your favorite X-Men comic book and then go watch the movie. So if you if you love God Loves, Man Kills, which is an excellent X-Men story, uh, X2, X-Men United, is based off of God Loves, Man Kills. Loosely, it's really, really different. And the inspiration is clear. There are characters that share the same names. There are some of the some big beats that happen in one and the other. But the ways that they happen, the characters that they happen with and to are totally different. And the consequences are totally different because they're just different universes. They're playing in different spaces. They are not trying to adapt God Loves Man Kills perfectly. They are not trying to place it within a universe that is also trying to match the comics universe. That's just not how they do things. And part of that has to do with the way that Western comic books are created. And part of that has to do with the way that Western television shows and movies are created. Um, so those are big differences between the two and they're both really fun. I would also say there's little differences that you can find. Like I find that in manga and shown in manga, the fights between characters tend to be tentpole events. So if we are going to have, um, Naruto fighting Sasuke, that's going to be a big thing and it's going to come up and then we're going to have multiple chapters focused on it, multiple episodes focused on it. And in fact, we will have multiple episodes of our show focused on that coming up pretty soon. But uh, you're going to get uh, a series that's about the fights and it's about these beats in the fights. Whereas when you look at Western comic books, they tend to be a little bit more about big explosions of movements and big splash pages of characters looking cool and having a fight and then moving on or having conversations through the fights because the fight isn't the point. 
Um, and there's obviously, again, tons of exceptions to everything that I'm saying here. But in general, I found that if you want sh- uh, people with cool powers to use those powers in fights and to have big, important, you know, heavy face face offs with each other, manga is going to be better for you than Western comics. But you'll still get some of that in Western comics. If you want splashy superhero poses and um, cool characters doing cool things without major consequences, then Western comic books might be a little bit better for you, but they are both going to provide those same kinds of feels. And um, they are both going to offer you different options in storytelling and adaptation. All right. That was a lot. It was very meandering. I had like three brief lines of notes and mostly talked off the top of my head. So I hope I didn't talk in circles or contradict myself too much. And I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I'm particularly interested if you guys uh, partake in one but not the other uh, hearing which one you like I'm assuming anime <laughs> since you're listening to this podcast or manga uh, but if you if you like anime but you don't like manga or vice versa I would love to hear about it if you like anime and manga but you don't particularly care for western comic books but maybe you like the Marvel movies I would love to hear it just what's your opinion what do you like and what do you like about the the fact that manga and anime tend to tell the same story in the same way Versus the fact that Western comic books tend to be adapted into stories told with similar beats, but in a different style and in a different way. Um, And also, what are the differences that you see between the Western storytelling of comic books, television series, uh, movies, that kind of thing, versus the uh, Japanese storytelling of anime and manga, where... You know, do you see the same differences in fights? What else is different? Um, If you guys have opinions on that, I would love to hear it. Um, Reach out to us on our social media pages. And hopefully we will see you soon with some regularly scheduled programming. All right, guys, stay safe out there. Talk to you soon. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.